James English is back. And today we are talking about chasing experiences. Yo, James, so I see that you have two phones over there. I do. Like, what's what's that about? Because the last time you had two phones, mm. I'm reminded of a story mm. in Europe. Mm. But um, yeah, do you remember it? Uh, 2019, before That's the right. pandemic. Just before the pandemic, 20, yeah. 2019, mm-hmm. uh, I had a chance to travel overseas. Yes, and, yes, you did. Um, you know, as I'm usual, work, work follows where I go. And <laughs> the two phones is a constant reminder of the complexity of, of my life. Yeah. And... Um, but also the redundancy needed to stay connected. Mm. And, and I remember when I did uh, get pickpocketed, which is what happened for oh, those so of you that are wondering, um, hmm. you know, all of a sudden there was a work emergency. I believe it was either later that day or the next day. And um, I, I had that other phone and, and my assistant <laughs> was able to, to get me and connect me to my boss at the time to solve some problems and you know it was what five or six hour time difference but we got it done listen listen um, stop it so stop it. Listen, he's, I, he's hey. given he's given the, the pretty version <laughs> to it so he's walking around with a with a with a side satchel you know because over there in europe you got to wear your 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 purse your man purse in the front okay so we're he's walking around we're walking through the crowd and um and i remember we were trying to go to a department store we we're going to take our wives there you know yeah, yeah. get some things and um I remember you sitting down for a period of time, and then when you got up and you walked off, you put your hand on your in your pants, <laughs> and you're like, "Ah, oh, they got me." That's what I remember you saying. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they got me. And and it wasn't that much longer uh, earlier that my my wife reminded me, "Hey, don't put your phone in, in your, your back, back pocket. pocket." Yeah, dude. And it was there just for a minute. Um, That's all and it's all it took. It was gone. Done. Gone. Listen, this is um, this is no no knock on Europe. <laughs> we had fun. We did have we fun. We had a great time. We did have yeah. fun. Even after that, um, keep your keep your phone and all your belongings in your man purse in the front. Now you understand why the fanny packs came into play. Very popular. I couldn't understand it when I was a kid, but it makes sense now. Total sense. Listen, today we are talking to Mr. James English. He's a VP of a, uh healthcare company. I mean, sometimes when I talk to you, it's like, what are you doing next? <laughs> you know, it was just a few months ago. Just a few months ago, you were doing something else in a yep. different company. Yeah, you were a VP. Oh, yeah, senior VP. Yeah, senior VP. Yeah, yep. and and I believe um the 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 amount of uh, revenue that this company, I guess you would call it like market cap, market cap. That yep. was about what seven billion. Seven billion. Today, what? What do you? About twenty five billion. Twenty five. You see how he says it? He just <laughs> like oh, about twenty five billion. Like it's. I mean, how how does someone, you've moved from, you've fast-tracked quite a bit throughout your career, man, um, and, and the beginnings have been very, very difficult and strenuous, so so it's not like what you see on Instagram, where people just like, mm, instantly they're here, but you've, you've put in a lot of work, and just a couple months ago we were talking, and, and you were senior vice president of this one company, you were doing well. Um, handling a lot under you. I, I believe you were talking about, you know, your travels out to India, working with a team abroad, as well as here locally. Yep. And now we're, we're blessed to have you in here again. And, and you're talking about being a senior vice president of another company with a larger market cap. Like mm. when you think about success, one could look at what you were doing a few, a few months ago and say like, success, Yeah, he's there. 
Remember the private jet plane <laughs> conversation <laughs> we talked about? All, right. all of a sudden now that seems to be like, I don't want to say like nothing, mm-hmm. but it's just parts, pieces, chapters, pages in this journey that you're on. Like how does one, how does one, when they're at that level still, I don't want to say want more, but take on more? Like yeah. what drives you at that point? Oh, man, uh, it's a great question. So, you know, I've thought a lot about that. And, and as I was was um, considering the opportunity that was brought to me, mm-hmm. it was something that I replayed in my mind a lot because I believe that every, not every opportunity is the opportunity. OK. And so there has to be a purpose. That purpose needs to be clear. And you need to be able to recite it to yourself and others you love in order to articulate the vision and the next steps you're going to take. Mm. Um, there are a lot of people that would just jump to an opportunity because it's a different company, different opportunity. You know, it adds another notch on my resume or my belt. But, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. You know, we can get into some of that today. So so to, to the core of your question, what I was chasing Um, And I do visualize it as a chase. Uh, I was chasing opportunity. I was chasing experiences more than anything else. And I've been using that uh, pretty consistently now since I've made the decision to articulate to people who are asking because the idea of chasing experiences refines down um, an opportunity, an assignment, whatever, down to the expectations you think you'll get from it and what it will add to your overall um, portfolio of experiences, thoughts, um, and frankly, you know, wisdom, you know, and interactions, experience, people that you'll run into. So for me, um, where I'm at in the organization and, and what I do in healthcare, I'm, I'm pretty near the top. And so, and, and when I say top, I mean, as far as size organizations, uh, experiences, I, there isn't much more I can do in, in the place I'm in. So for me, it was about diversifying my potential, future potential, by taking a step in a slightly different direction, but in a company that would teach me in a credible way, where I could learn in a credible way. And and that meant more to me than, than where I was at. Because to be honest, when I informed my current company, the company I'm transitioning out of, that I was leaving, of course they asked me why. Yeah, absolutely. But they also said, here's a blank sheet, just tell us what you want. From a number standpoint. Tell us what you want from a structure standpoint, who you want to work for, what what do you want in your portfolio? Um, is there a financial thing that uh, that would that would make that would matter to you? But they knew as part the next that it was a comma, but we know that you're not somebody that can be bought. Mm-hmm. We know that about you, even in the short time I was there, we know enough about you to know you are after something else, something different. And hearing that clarity from somebody who's trying to retain you is is very reassuring that your priorities and how you've articulated what's important to you matter. Now, on the the flip side, the company I was going to, the company I'm going to and have started, started with effectively now, was also able to recognize through the process that I was somebody who was chasing more than a job. Um, I was chasing an ability to learn, to be a student of, uh, to to represent and advocate for huh. in a way that was new to them. And they really appreciated that. And, and frankly, um, in my introduction, in introduction to the team, 
the executive vice president that I report to, who's the number two in the company and on track to be the, the next CEO, um, mentioned to the team the qualities in me he saw that separated me from what he described as the most talented pool of candidates he's ever seen. Wow. So I was incredibly humbled by that because I've never thought of myself in that category. But to hear what he described as the distinguishing factor was, again, another reassurance for me, for me that I had made clear in my mind, and it was coming out in my almost through my sweat, if you will, what was most important to me. And it's not money, it's not a title, it's not how many people who work for me, yeah. it's an ability to, to learn, to influence and impact um, in a way that will continue to, to, to improve me and make that's, others around me better as well. So, so that that's that's a long answer to a short question, yeah. but but there you go. Yeah, yeah, and and as I as I listen to it, there's so many different areas that we can like peel back the layers on. Mm-hmm. One thing you, you said it was reassuring to you that your priorities were in place. Yep. I'm also I'm also encouraged by the fact that even the people on the outside looking in they were clear mm-hmm. as to what your priorities were. So you did a phenomenal job, I believe, of, of being able to um to to make that known through your work. I guess just however how you you move throughout the company? Yeah, yeah. I mean so so man, it, it becomes a part of your life. It becomes how you communicate and articulate the things that are most uh sensitive to you. Um and and eventually just becomes it gets into your DNA and becomes infectious to people who interact with you. So for me, and in this process, again, I interviewed with ten people all the way up to the company CEO, and the company CEO only wanted to interview me because as his uh, the people who report to him were part of the interview process, the feedback he was hearing about me was so intriguing to him. He just wanted to have a conversation. Yeah. And he was clear when we spoke, you know, I, the decision making's up to the others. I'm, I, I just wanted I just to meet to be, the yeah, guy that yeah. I'm hearing them talk about. Mm-hmm. So again, another, 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 um, you know, reassuring, assuring factor, man, but it, it just becomes, the, I can't, I can't really uh, describe the level of clarity you have when you get to that point. You said, the level of clarity that you have when you get to that point, mm-hmm. as though this is something that falls on you, like drapes you yep. as you're moving on up yep. the chain. Is yep. that what happens, yep. or is, is is it that you were clear, and and they became clear as to like? No, I was clear. Okay. And so so I, you know, I'm not necessarily the judge if if they're clear because mm-hmm. they're they don't know me. Right. I, I mean, I I know them in a in a in a pool of forty five yeah. minute conversations mm-hmm. where they ask questions and, and are attempting to respond. get to know me enough to hire me into their company. So so what I'm talking about is my clarity and and here and here's here's how I know it works because. As I'm articulating to them mm-hmm. in these 10 conversa- micro conversations I'm having with one company, and in addition to the ones I'm having with my current, every time I talk about it, every time I answer the question, why are you doing this? What are you looking for? How, I, I'm able to, to rattle off an answer that every time I'm not getting questions, follow-up questions that are saying, okay, well, tell well, me, I don't quite understand yeah. that. What does that mean? Artic- yeah. It, the feedback is, I can tell you mean what you're saying. Correct. I can tell that um, 
you're you're truly looking for something more for something deeper and that feedback that it's almost like an echo back yeah. of what of what you're saying yeah um proved to me that okay james you are on the right path you are on even though i didn't know what was going to go on even though i didn't know if i was going to get the job or not as i was talking to my wife and other friends about it and articulating what what um you know, my, the reason I was interested and telling them as I read the job profile, the words just jumped off the page at me and I felt a connection with words on a page I'd never felt before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the catalyst. And I, I said that very same thing to the people in the interview process when they asked me, hey, why? I mean, you've been successful. You're doing this. You've worked here and there. Yeah. And I said, guys, I wasn't expecting it either. But when I read what was on that page mm-hmm. and and I, was, I saw what you were looking for, automatically it completely... It completely clicked for me. Just made sense. And so my connection to the job is not about, frankly, what's around it. I didn't even know what it paid. I didn't know what it, all that the details until I accepted it. Yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't important to me. And I even told the company, don't I don't I don't need you to pay me the same. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't that's not important. I just want whatever it's gonna take to get me to this job, yeah. I'm willing to do. Because that in the moment was more important than any other detail around that job. So hold tight. When you look at that job description, mm-hmm. <clears throat> typically a job description talks about, it tells what the what qualifications this individual needs to have. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't think it always speaks to what results people are trying to get, mm-hmm. just always. Yeah. Did that job description speak to results? It, it spoke to the transformation they were looking for. Okay. And as I read through that, one by one, without fail, connected to something in my history, an experience I had, mm-hmm. um, a role I held that would check the box and allow me to walk in prepared. Prepared. Okay. So, again, not knowing everything, because yep. I don't, right. but prepared. And there's a there's a big difference there. But one that's very important to what I believe is a genuine connection that will help fuel me to, you know, wherever wherever the wind takes me. Some now. people feel as though they need to know it all mm. to go for that next job. Right. You, you're talking about checking off the boxes to show that you were prepared. You had what it took. Your experiences were there in place to help you, to prepare you for the challenge of this job. Mm-hmm. How then does someone like that beat out the person who comes in feeling as though, like, this is mine. Like, I, I got it all figured out. I'm ready to go. So that goes back to um, the second part of the conversation in that in that introduction that my new boss gave of me to the team. Mm-hmm. And, and he talked about the humility that I showed, and again, I didn't. This wasn't a, a purposeful thing, right. but it came across in in what I was expressing. But the humility that that he felt talking to me, and the yeah. comfort he felt talking to me, separated me from the others. Okay, and and what I what I gather is because I've been a part of this. You know, senior executive interviews are very different in a lot of ways, but. Um, uh, the, the advice I've gotten from some people in the industry as I started going down these pathways years ago was you got to be confident. Uh-huh. I mean, if you're not confident, if they sense weakness in you or yeah. they feel as though there's a weak spot or a soft spot or you're not ready to make the hard decision, um, they'll 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 pass on you. Yeah. Because at this level, they're looking for people who can do that, who yeah. can transform through the art of decision making. Um, but. What he sensed was, he described it, James, you had an easiness about you that put 
put us all at ease. But we also saw a fire behind that. Uh-huh. So we knew we knew that you had it in you to do what was necessary. But the way in which you engage with people, the way in which you um, approach you know, conflict or approach these questions we were asking demonstrate that your ability to navigate self um, and an organization are good. You know, when when, when I look at you and I listen to you even, uh, you know, string those words together, I think the the image that comes into my mind is like Tony Dungy. Mm. And just his approach, you know, I remember when, when he was leading Tampa Bay and his approach compared to um, Gruden's approach, coming in with fire, cursing people, the whole nine. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, you know, uh, Tony Junji was just very calm, consistent, and he got his players to play for him. Mm-hmm. Do you liken yourself to that style of leadership? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm not a yeller and a screamer. That's, that's not who I am at my core. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe people who work for me do it by choice, mm-hmm. not by force. Um, they don't do it out of fear. It's not intimidation. Yeah. It's they buy into the philosophy of what I believe in culturally. I make sure I make that very clear. And it's up to them to decide if they're if they're on board for that. Yeah. You know, what I promise is an opportunity to uh, learn and grow. Um, you know, another way to approach success in, in, in corporate America through, again, I'll use your, the Tony Dungy approach as opposed mm-hmm. to the John Gruden approach, which is much more prevalent. Yeah. Um, and the ability to build a culture that is infectious and promotes people, promotes people's success um, without any barrier. So, mm. you know, for some, that sounds it doesn't sound appealing because right. it's not the competitive environment right. that you know celebrates one and and scrutinizes another, or criticizes yeah. another. Yeah. It's one that values team. It 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 devalues individual, um, not individual achievement because we celebrate individuals who achieve, but it it makes it clear that that's a part of the of the whole. Right. Very rarely in our in in the world I live in does one person go out and do it all, start to finish. It doesn't. It doesn't. They don't have the skill set. It's impossible. Yeah. So there's always a supporting cast, and it's how we how we build up that supporting cast um, to make them more effective, more efficient, more productive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's critical, and it's a it's a key component of what a senior leader in my organizations are asked and required to do. Yeah. But again, they. It's not something I'm like, you better know. It's something that they pick up because it's how I treat them. Yeah. And that, so I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about someone who's working for you. Well, let me take a step back. When I see talent like yourself in the room, the next thing I ask is like, who's up next? Hmm. You know, who, if something, if, if James got hit by a bus, who's, who's going to fill in those seats or that seat and still continue on in a manner that you're, the CEO of the company said like, yeah, that's what we wanted. Like I saw where James was going to take us. We already envisioned ourselves there. Like who's going to take that spot? Right. Um, so I believe that people might be asking like, well, how do you, how do you, how do you train up? How do you coach up the people who are working under you? And, and are you coaching them in a way where you believe that they will begin to, to lead in the way that you do? Or are you coaching them up? And I don't, I don't want it to be like either or, but are you coaching them up so that they can, effectively lead the way that they ought to lead mm-hmm. um, 
you know, in the same manner in which you found that within yourself? Yeah. So, you know, I'm a believer that leadership is unique as a fingerprint, right? So the way I lead and the way you lead, even somebody who's been working under me for years Mm -hmm. and buys into the philosophy, when they get their chance, I always say when they push me out of the seat, um, they're going to have a different flavor. It's going to look and feel different, and that's okay. There's there's core tenets of how you treat people and and other things that are that are non-negotiable. But look, feel, style, communication is gonna is gonna be different. Yeah. So so the bigger the bigger picture is: Do they know the type of leader that they are? They are. Are they emulating what they've seen, or do they know what they really are? Because there's one thing that's clear about leadership. If it's bad and not genuine, people will sniff it out. And you will be tested in ways and be um, your moral compass will be will be pushed in ways that will require you to come down on one side or another. And the worst type of leader we all face is the one that doesn't have a compass. Yeah. They're they're just trying to to to, to get through a decision or 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 a project or an initiative and get beyond it so that they're not exposed. The reality is is that they've not spent the time figuring out who they really are yeah. as a leader. So I um, I think we may have talked about this in our first conversation. I spent a lot of time in my early career doing that. I I lost a few years early because I was just, you know, as as a, as a African-American male in corporate America, I, there was just a lot of self-esteem issues I needed to get past. I bet, yep. And I frankly, I still deal with some of that today. But, um, but once I was able to understand that once I looked within and figured out what that looked like, it would allow me to be more, show up as a more authentic person and leader. Yeah. And then that's really where the, 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 the fuel started pushing me forward. So I believe in that. I believe everybody needs to go and explore that. Mm-hmm. I believe the earlier you do it, um, post-college or post-masters, that, that time period of your life um, can only benefit you and help you accelerate you know, the next uh, few decades of your career. Yeah. I still run across people who are older than me who've been doing this for 40 years and they're still figuring out. And and let me be clear, not everybody wants to go down that journey and that's okay. Yeah. Um, it's, not, it's not something that I would say, at least in the professional world, everybody will kind of latch onto, mm-hmm. but you can't get away from it in your life. Like at some phase of your life, whether it's home, a hobby or somewhere else, it's going to force you to look within and figure something out. So so there's, there's two things that jumped out of me. One, and I want to touch base on them uh, with the time that we have. So one is, one is pushing me out when they're ready to push me out of my role. Yeah. I want to go back to that, right? And the second thing is you talked about you talked about this whole thing about you 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 want people to explore this when they're young in their careers so that they can um they can continue to you know foster what's needed over the decades mm-hmm. of their career mm-hmm. now you talk about decades of career like you mean 30 40 years I'm gonna be working <laughs> the people that we're talking to nowadays they're saying like I'm 21 and I'm gonna retire at 28 <laughs> I'm, I want to retire at 30 right. what things do I need to invest in in order to retire at 30 right. so but let's talk about that whole pushing me out thing yeah as a leader even at your current senior vice president position mm-hmm. you're talking about people pushing you out of your position mm-hmm. that's rare to hear that Many a times you hear people like, I'm gonna hold on to this position. Right, right. Now again, I'm seeing how, what kind of leader you are. Mm-hmm. How can you help people think through that whole idea of like, don't hold on to this. Yeah, you should push me out of my my role. Yeah. And, and before you even answer, okay. it's like, like I'm answering that question, it's like, so I guess that comes with the clarity as to what kind of leader you are and who you are, right? Sort of, All yeah, right. so, Go. so. Go 
you have to demonstrate your commitment to people's growth mm-hmm. by demonstrating your willingness to move on. So it's not that that person's going to get the job you have. It's not even that they want the job you have. But when they see a leader who's willing to give up the seat to somebody who's ready and qualified and has earned the trust of the team, at that point, I become redundant at best um, and a blockade at worst, Mm -hmm. right? Because Mm now, um, number one, I'm probably missing my next assignment, the call for my next assignment and the next set of experiences that I need to go chase. Um, But at the same time, I'm also losing the confidence of the people that I've convinced over the last however many years that they have an opportunity to be anything they can be yeah so i have to show them that as much as i as much as as much as just sell them in word (sighs) so yeah it's a commitment and 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 but what it also does i found is it reduces the competitive environment around you by a factor of 10 because whereas people are you know competing to try to step on each other to get to the next to the next level whatever that level is when they see that the playing field of their growth is is unified and consistent. So if I've got, I write in my new job, I have eight regional vice presidents that report to me, um, all of which I've met a few of them already, all of which um, are very seasoned and experienced, right? If you, if you stack my resume against theirs, they'd have more years of experience than I would. And in my conversations with them, you know, one of the oddities uh, of, of being in this world, in this in that situation is I'm talking to them about their growth, right? which is a <laughs> right. complete joke. Right. Right. Um, but I'm talking to them about their growth, but what I'm also letting them know and what they're letting me know uh, in, in response is, hey, w- w- from what we've seen and heard, like we're excited, number one, we're excited to work with you. Yeah. You've got energy, man, and some good ideas. We're ready, but we're also ready to see where you go. Oh, shoot. All right. And I haven't started working there yet. Uh, so so what that tells you is when you set the right tone, yeah. when you come in with the right attitude, yeah. it, it becomes this relationship of where you go. It's like you have each other's back. Even though you're even though it's a it's a it's a leader and, and boss or boss, you know, relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so it completely changes the idea of how I look and how I think about career progression. Because it, it, it's not competitive anymore. Yeah. It's complementary. Which is a completely different idea about how one would would theoretically go the career and the level of trust and transparency you can have with your leader when it's a com- collaborative relationship to growth as opposed to competitive uh, goes off the charts. We can talk about anything. Uh, I'm, I'm struggling like anything. My my, uh, yeah. And the reason why I'm struggling with this is because um I I think back of I think back of your journey. And I think of the environment, yeah, um, which it was, and it's refreshing to hmm, it's refreshing to hear a leader speak like that, where you're 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 basically um just you know like neutralizing the the potential acidity yep. that could occur, yep. and people people now focus on they focus on what they should focus on versus trying to beat you. It's not like how can I grow within? Like who am I? Clarity of myself and and, and my purpose. Mm-hmm. What's next for me? And it's no longer like I just I'm I'm gonna outshine you. Like that can take that takes so much energy and it puts you in, it, it takes you off course. It does. 
takes you off course. Like, yeah. You said a lot there, man, and it's um it's it's really it's impacting me because I think about my leadership style. Um, just this morning, I you know I I was in orientation with two new employees, and I took them down the story as to how I got started and 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 like we we said I told them I said listen, cleaning is is a science, but like we could f- we can focus on that. But why are you here? Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to them about that and why I was there, and I and I and I told them had I given up before, you know, I wouldn't be here. And, and I share with them how they can think like me. So that when they're walking in the doors, they think with a bigger picture in front of them, mm-hmm. you know, adjust their lenses a little bit. And the guy, I asked him, I said, are we still a fit for you? He's like, you keep asking me that question. Like if I'm a fit for you, like I'm coming for the job, sir. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm. it goes both ways. Are we a fit for each other? You know, but it allowed him to think about it it allowed him to say, I've never been in an interview like this. And I think of the conversations that you and I have and, and the way that you lead and and the way that I lead and who I am as a person. And I see how it's like, for us, positions, like titles are like, eh, you know, nobody's really, eh. But there are people out there who are truly interested in the title. Yes. How do you work through, like, like how do you help them when they are all about that badge of honor, you know, the, the cubicle being this high, you know, <laughs> they get the door versus the open style, you know, yeah. how do you help them think through this? Because everyone isn't going to just be attracted to your style of leadership. Yeah. Um, you know, I I would like to say that at no point in my career was I title driven. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I, I think we've all been there. Um, when I think about the environment I was in at the time of that, uh, was going through that, it mm-hmm. was a company that was also shared that. Titles meant everything. There was a line when, you know, pay reached a certain level and bonuses kicked in and benefits were different and, and everybody was in a race to get to that line. Mm-hmm. And, and that was really where things, quote unquote, opened up. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to get there. Um, in fact, my original goal in life was to just become a director in this organization. If I could get there in my, you know, 25 year old head, I would have made it. You yeah. know, I retire. Yeah. I would have, you know, been able to just, um, um, you know, kick kick back, you know, take care of my kids, family, future wife, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and one of the best things that happened to me was getting there before 30. Getting there before 30. Mm-hmm. Getting to that line. Mm-hmm. Okay, tell me why. Getting to the line before 30. Because what I realized is um, when I got to that point, right, did the job for a little bit, realized I could do it, I realized that I had run out of runway. Like, because that's, that's as that much runway as I'd built. Tapped out, yeah. So it's like, okay, I got the title. It doesn't feel any different. Uh, yes, those things I was I thought mattered um, are here, and it's nice. I got a little nicer car, you know. I'm able to go on some nicer dates, whatever. <laughs> but um, it didn't it did didn't do it. It didn't do it for me. And that's when the chasing of experiences uh, for me started. Mm-hmm. Now back then I wasn't even ready to chase because I needed to still experience some things. I needed to yeah. go through some things. Yep. So I hadn't gotten my legs under me strong enough yet to even start moving forward on my own. Um, but but to your to the core of your question, the people that are are chasing titles or chasing some type of validation, which is really what it is, um, they're dealing with something else career wise mm. that they're trying to run away from. Mm. And typically, when I've talked to people who 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 have this kind of mindset, it's a gap in their experience. 
Okay. It's a step skipped that they don't want to go back and learn. I never forget. I had a I had a good friend of mine years <laughs> oh, ago, man. who you know we started in our career about a year apart, and yeah. I mean we were both doing very well. You know, chasing the organization, moving up, 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 and he he hit like the super lottery and jumped way ahead. Fast I mean, he got a massive title bump. He yeah. was like an assistant vice president or something like that. Um, you know, you know, we're all bowing to him and, and it's, it looks great. And, but I, I looked at his career and experience. I remember having the conversations about with him about, Hey, what's next for you? What do you think? And, right. you know, he would talk about, well, I think the next step for me is to go run a hospital or go run a, a set of clinics. And, and I would ask him, you feel like your people skills, like you feel like you've managed enough people along the way? Because the job he'd had up to those point, up to that point, he had managed a team. There was uh, no team management yet. Okay. And I was I, I and I, I was getting that in, in buckets, in yeah. spades on my side, right? And and in fact, my progression was probably um um held back because of that in mm. a way. But it was the path I was on. It was the path I chose in a way, and or being let down. And so, so, so uh, he gets through that job, and now he's itching for the next job with okay. this gap yep. in his experience. And so he starts trying to interview for these jobs, not getting it, not getting it, mm-hmm. not getting it. Literally to the point where his current job, they were trying to push him out because they wanted someone else for the job, and he was trying to he was trying to move on. And with every bit of feedback he got was you don't have people experience, you don't have team experience. Mm. In order to get it. He had to go back. He had to take a lesser title. And he was someone who was title driven? Correct. He had to go back and take a lesser title. And his career, I'm not not exaggerating, was probably set back five to seven years. Wow. Because he took the the jump. So, So when people are title driven, again, the ones I've come across is because there's a gap in something. (laughs) <laughs> that they don't want to reconcile with. Mm. They're trying to run away from it and make it be a non-issue. But it's going to come back. It's going to come back. It's just, it's what I tell people who are, you know, they've gotten through most of their degree. Um, they may be working in a field that doesn't require a degree right now. They yeah. feel like they're doing well. And they're on the fence of, do I get my degree or not? And I'm like, it may not matter to you today, but you don't want to hear five years from now when there's a job you really want and you're competing against a bunch of people with degrees and you don't have that experience. you don't have your degree because now you got to go back and get it and it sets you back. So so those things, man, those those hurdles in life, go and just get it done because not that it matters today, but there's something coming in the future yeah, where yeah. you don't want to be disqualified because yeah. of what you didn't do. Yeah. So so that's that is what I've usually seen, man, and 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 so. Again, again, chasing experiences, right? I'm trying to fill in every hole. Oh, every gap. So the foundation I'm standing on is as solid as possible. So no one can ever tell me you're disqualified because. because. And the second thing, again, I may have repeated this from the first conversation we had was do it with credible organizations. Mm. Build a resume on credibility, Mm. right? So if it's a startup or if it's a Fortune 500, make sure you are having experiences that build on your credibility. That's going to become currency as you start to go up the ladder. So check this. Check this. What if what if that guy that you're talking about? Yep. What if he what if he had gotten the position mm. without without the, the the experience? Yeah. Of people, you know, managing a team. What do you what do you think would have happened? Because I'm sure I am I am absolutely sure that there are people out there right now. <laughs> there are people out there who are dealing with with leaders yeah. who have not had the experiences 
and they're trying to lead a team and, and, and the people skills are off or the just just the knowledge, but they were able to get the, the title. Yeah. So like what would what do you think would have happened to him and or where have you seen that? And like any thoughts on that? So a couple a couple things can happen. Number one, they will fail at some point. They mm. will they will reach the they will reach the place in their in their career in their talent kind of curve where they uh, reach the limit of what they're capable of by themselves and they have nobody to support them because uh, they've not built, built up or knew how to build up the relationships to help keep them going. So they'll fail, right? And it'll be a spectacular crash and burn type of situation um, that has a lot of collateral damage to them, both life and career. And so they end up going back to pay the piper anyways, anyways. because they got to go and fill in the holes. Yeah. Um, the... <laughs> The more common thing, because typically this happens when an organization believes in a person and believes a person can be used in different environments, you know, based on what's the fast track for their growth. We like Garen, so we're going to put Garen over here because it's a growth opportunity for him. We'll put him on a bigger pedestal. Um, The (laughs) what what typically happen is Garen would learn on the job and you would. The, the, the tuition would be paid by the people who worked around you. Mm. Meaning the drama and the trauma that you would create as you learn and go through that you should have had and learned yeah. when the stakes were smaller, yeah. you will you will create that dynamic, that choppiness at a level that people will flee from your leadership as fast as they can. Because um, you've, not, you've not reassured them or built a camaraderie with them that's going to keep them connected and committed to you to go through that. Yeah. So it becomes a very transactional relationship. And as soon as they can get out, they're out. Gone. Because nobody wants to deal with the scars that your immaturity causes. Wow. Wow. In an experience. Correct. So it, it becomes a, it just becomes a, a, a situation where, and, and here's the other thing. A lot of times these folks don't even recognize it. Mm. Because what's happening, the, 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 the turbulent air that they're creating happens around them and behind them. And underneath ah. them, not in front of them, yeah. because they're typically very focused on the people above them, because that's all they can see. Yeah. And they're they're putting all their energy and effort into maintaining there. those relationships. If they think I'm doing a good job, if they think I'm meeting expectations, then great. Even if I have to sacrifice the people who are around actually me. around me and underneath me that are doing the work, I will because that's the, above me is the only relationship that matters. Wow. I remember you as you would drive and you would get to another level. I will always ask you, like, who like who's your coach? Mm. Like because you're now taking on new challenges that you've never experienced before, and I would always ask like, who is your coach? And and you would lean to the right, lean to the left. People that you've met along the way, the relationships that you've built along the way, mm-hmm. people who weren't necessarily needed now, mm-hmm. but you you connected to them, you stayed connected, and then all of a sudden they're like filling in like, hey James, have you considered this? Have you? I remember the time when you told me that your coach mm-hmm. said, uh, James, I think I think uh, I've done all that I could for you. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go find somebody else, right? I, so for those individuals who are chasing those experiences, they don't recognize the turbulence. I love the way that you put, you worded that, where you said like the tuition will be paid mm-hmm. by the people around you. Oh. Yeah. Damn, <laughs> you've heard it here. <laughs> I love how you ended that. Like you, you are going to become a problem for me here, for all of us here at the Clean Set Experience, because you, <laughs> you, you, you drop these bombs that I mean, you can just peel back layers and layers because I know that there are people out there who are just like expound more on that like no I they're eager to just like get at you 
I feel for that brother who um who had to go back seven years. Yeah. I believe that there are a lot of people out there who are going through that same experience. That has to be tough. It has to be tough, especially when you are chasing titles versus the experiences. And I understand like some of those experiences may not be sexy, they may not be attractive. But like you said, you're filling in all the holes, all the gaps so that you have a solid foundation. It's like poured concrete on the first floor versus like hollow concrete blocks. Correct. Pour it in, fill it in so that you have a solid foundation when the tornado of life comes around. <sighs> My body was was reacting to a lot of the things that you're saying, like getting tensed and nervous. And I started to, I wanted to cry at some point. So I know that what we talked about today is meaningful to me on a whole nother level. And I'll need to listen to this over again because this is for me also. Mm. And I'm not even title driven, you know? <laughs> um, and, and this whole conversation wasn't just about titles. I mean, we're talking about experiences. We're talking about, again, it goes back to some of the things that you told me, you know, when we had our Taco Bell conversation and before, where you talked about being known for something. Mm. And I'm seeing it consistently on every level. Every step that you've taken, I'm seeing it again. This guy's being known for something. Like everyone in your wake will still point forward and say like, no, James was, has always been that way. Mm -hmm. So that's a great testament to, to who you are and what you've been doing. And you know, I too look forward to the next journey because again, from $7 million cap market cap to now 24, 25 million, billion. I'm sorry, billion <laughs> with a B. You kind of wonder like what's next, and I'm not interested in what's next from the standpoint of the title, but it's like, like what other cool experiences are you going to have mm. that we can sit down and talk about, whether it be while you're getting pickpocketed or here at the table. <laughs> I'm not going to forget that. But this is great, man. This is great. Um, for for everyone who's out there who's listening, like I don't know what to say, man. I love this dude. Um, I love the wealth of knowledge that you bring to the table when we talk. Yep. Um, and and I hope that you out there in you know podcast land or you know YouTube, like you like you're listening and you're you're feeling and you're experiencing, you're you're digesting what Mr. English is sharing with us today. Like, um, this is just cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to be on the wall. Kind of like fly on the wall, looking in, listening, watching, seeing your growth, mm. the whole nine. And I hope that everyone else gets to experience it. This is the clean slate experience where we fill in the gaps. And I hope that you've experienced being filled in today, <laughs> you know, with Mr. English, man. Uh, thank you again. And yes, we'll, thank you, you for know, the invitation. Yeah, Always anytime, a pleasure. Anytime you're in town, like, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank, thank you, sir. You, sir.